Good morning. Welcome to this beautiful Sunday, this day of worship. If you would, please, join me in standing and as we sing our opening song. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your way. Then step by step, you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days, and I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Be seated, please. I want to extend that welcome to everyone that's here and everyone that's watching online as well, and we thank you all for being here. What a beautiful Lord's Day. Can I hear an amen on that one? There we go. All right. There's nothing better than waking up on Sunday morning and being excited about being able to go and worship and praise God. I love it, and it's just an incredible feeling each and every week. So let's join in our next song. He took my burdens all away up to the brighter day. He gave me a song, a wonderful song. A wonderful song I now can see In my heart joy bells ring Gave me a song A wonderful song He gave me a song To sing about He lifted me From sin and doubt From joy I Song, a wonderful song I now can sing. Praises to Him, my King. He gave me a song, a wonderful song. Yes. Yeah. 
Thank you, Kelly. We certainly appreciate you leading singing this morning. It's good to, to hear your voice and uh, have you up here. We appreciate that. And I want to uh, compliment what Kelly said earlier. We want to welcome everybody here to West Irwin. We're glad you're here in person or online. And uh, we're glad you're here and hope that uh, you're blessed by being here. And we know that, that God is blessed by your presence. And of course, it's a, it's a good day. Every day is a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and he has made us glad, and it's, it's good to smile. I mean, have a smile on your face. Uh, I know it's a, uh, a reverent uh, service, but, you know, it's good to be happy and, and to be joyful to be here. If you would, uh, fill out a visitor's card uh, or fill out the card online or on your phone, you can do that. We're trying to keep a record of everybody that's here in attendance. And just leave it on the pew in front of you. And also the encouragement cards, keep those in mind. Uh, so we want to utilize every uh, opportunity of communication we have here at West Irwin. Uh, on our prayer and care list, our uh, Wilson is at home under hospice care. Eileen Clark has been... Uh, She's seen an oncologist in Dallas, and they're trying to decide on her best treatment. Robert Stone, friend of Bill and Barbara White, is improving. Pam Jones of Bartleson, sister of Cal and Dan Wilkinson, remains hospitalized in Fort Worth. Tracy Moser, brother of Sandra Wilkinson, is in ICU in Longview. And Willa Wicks, David, uh, mother of David Wicks, had a successful cardioversion procedure last week, and which uh, corrected her AFib, so we're certainly glad of that. We want to remember all of our visitor members who are suffering from COVID, and keep them in our prayer. Uh, Gwen Chandler, Linda March, George Stanley, uh, Maddox Chandler, I think he was here, I'm not sure, uh, Robin Horton, and possibly Jeff as well, uh, Gary Holt's mother, Eleanor McMillan, and Joyce Allen's brother, John Long, who's now at home and improving and her sister, Joanne Perrin. I'm going to read from Psalms 40, uh, verses 1 through 4. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and myrrh. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. 
Many will see and fear him and put their trust in the Lord. Let us go to our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so pleased to be called Christians, to be gathered here today to see the smiling faces of our brothers and sisters in Christ, to be able to worship together and see new faces each and every service that we're having. Uh, that lifts us up in a, in a way that's uh, not, not even constable. Uh, we put our trust in you, Lord. No times in this world seem to be in disarray with disease, the possibility of war, hatred, and ungodliness. We know that we can trust in you to guide us in our daily lives. We have faith in you and the home in heaven that awaits us. But while we have our lives here on earth, we ask that you be with us each day and carry the burdens and lift us up. To live, to live each day as if it were our last. To live our lives to show others that Christ lives in us. We pray daily for the forgiveness of our sins and be, we're certainly grateful for Christ's sacrifice so that we may receive that forgiveness. We thank you for the church here at West Irwin, and we pray that we will rely on you to guide us in the direction that will be pleasing to you, that you will allow us to grow spiritually and in numbers, to seek and save the lost. We pray for our ministries, Lord, and the staff, for our ministers, for the mission work that we support, our teachers and volunteers, and each individual here today. We ask that you touch each heart of everyone on our prayer and care list and comfort them with your healing and peace. We pray for all of those who are grieving. We pray for our caregivers, our first responders, the leaders of this country, our local cities and states, and the governments around the world. We ask that they may look to you for guidance and, and bring peace to all. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, let's sing one of the most beautiful songs I know, the servant song. Let's be thinking about the words of this song as we prepare to partake in this beautiful thing, this gift that that Christ gave to us. Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. For you are a servant. Make me one too. Lord, make me a servant. Do what Do what you must. 
You know, in an audience of this size, you never know what is on the heart of an individual. Our thoughts and the things that we think about circulate in our head. And I got to thinking, you know, whether you're a member or you happen to be a visitor or online with us this morning, you look on the, the handout that you got when you came in and you see right after that song there's communion in my name. Someone might ask, well, what is that? You know, we take it for granted sometimes that visitors or someone who's watching us for the first time, they don't understand what that is. Well, it's, that's a good question. And I think at this time I want to take just a few minutes to explain what we do in a very simple fashion. We follow the example that Jesus gave us in the Bible. As you recall, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he instituted this Lord's Supper. Now the details of the when and the why and the how and the purpose of this communion service is clearly shown in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and in Acts 20. It's an honor and a privilege that we can participate in this communion service. If you will, you picked up one of these when you came in. If you'll go ahead and just take the top off of the, the bread before we pray. This bread that we are about to partake of represents, of course, Jesus' body. Let's pray. Lord, as we gather together as the church on this Lord's Day, we partake of this small piece of unleavened bread, just as Jesus did by his example with his apostles. We take this bread, Father, and we remember of the broken body that Jesus gave for every soul in this building this morning. We're thankful for that, and we take this time to remember him as we partake of the bread. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you'll take your communion receptacle here and take the top off of the fruit of the vine, this grape juice, we're about to partake of this grape juice, which represents the blood that Jesus shed on that cross. 
It's a magnificent sacrifice. We never want to tire of talking about it and realizing that it's through the blood that we have the forgiveness of sins. And this juice, this small amount of juice, represents to the Christian that blood that was shed. So let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to come together as the church, to partake in this communion service commonly called the Lord's Supper. We take this juice now in remembrance of his precious, pure blood, sinless blood that was shed for us. We don't have the words to properly thank you, but all we can say is thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we have our offering, we want to spend just a few minutes and discuss uh, some of our adult Bible classes. Uh, You're going to see some pictures on the screen. We're going to see some, there we go. We're going to see some pictures on the screen of some of our Bible classes. And let me just kind of list, we have actually five adult Bible classes. We're not going to talk about the children's classes, but we have five adult Bible classes that we have every Sunday morning at nine o'clock. First of all, the Conqueror's Searchers Chapel class. That's a taught by Donnie uh, Carnathan and Davy Carter. They tag team that from time to time. Secondly, uh, that's in the chapel, of course. In the inquirer's class, that's my class, room 403. Myself and Michael Hurley uh, occasionally steps in when I have to be out, uh, as well as Bill Allen. The 24-7 class, room 402, Danny Snell and Don Crawford teach that class. The uh, West Irwin Connected class, room uh, 304, Kelly Monahan and Chad Chauncey. Now, I will just say, if you want to go to a beautiful classroom, that's where you want to go. If you haven't walked up the steps to see what they have done with their class, uh, as far as the the uh, the walls, the pictures, it is gorgeous, and uh, thanks to the people that were involved in that. But it's a very nice class, and that's taught by Kelly and Chad. And then finally, the West Irwin College and Young Adults class in room 401. Uh, that's David and Marla Canifax, and Bill Allen uh, teaches that also sometimes. So. Uh, as you look at those pictures, am I in one of those? Somewhere, anyway. Uh, let me just say that the teachers that I mentioned, they, they spend a lot of time preparing for these classes. And I, I can speak for all the teachers. We try to make these classes informative, entertaining, enjoyable, You have to remember that these classes are in an intimate setting, so you're free to 
discuss and talk and have conversation. It's not like a worship service. And so we would encourage all the adults to find one of these classes. Now, if you're an old fogey like me, you don't want to go into these young people's class. You have to walk up steps for one thing. But the uh, two adult classes are in the uh, administration building over there. And you're certainly welcome. If you're not attending one right now, please talk to one of the teachers. We all try to teach basically the same subject matter each week. And so I think you'll find that the, the atmosphere in these adult classes is enjoyable and you would have a good time. And you meet new people if you're not already involved. So you have an open invitation. I have space available in room 403. So please uh, come and visit and, and you'll enjoy wherever you go. So we hope that our Bible class attendance will, will do well. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. I want to read this to you. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Paul, of course, wrote that. But I want to, before prayer, I do want to read this right here. And he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she owned, all that she had to live on. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that we have, as part of our worship, this opportunity to give back to you into the treasury of the Lord. We pray, Father, that the money that is gathered will help spread the gospel. That is what our mission is, to reach lost souls, however that may be. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the resources that we're able to earn and, and gather. And, Father, again, you're the creator of all, and thank you for the blessings that you give us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd like to invite all of our children as well as adults that are involved with the BLAST program to go ahead and be exiting at this time. If you would please be standing with our singing of the song before this, uh, Bill's lesson this morning. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. 
doors. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice. It trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great. How great is our God. We invite all to sing with me in that great song, How Great is Our God. This month we've been talking about our great God and what a, what a wonderful thought. The great God, creator, incomparable, eternal, and today the renewing God. We're glad that you have all joined us today. We have a, a really good crowd assembled here in person. We have a whole lot more that have assembled with us as well online the last couple of weeks or so, maybe a few more. We've had uh, somewhere close to around 100 uh, viewing us online, and we welcome you and appreciate uh, your being a part of our worship assembly today. I know we see a lot of uh, familiar faces, some that we haven't seen in a while, uh, as we gather together in person, and that brings joy and smiles uh, all around. Our COVID list has been long, and it's a real encouragement to me to see uh, a few faces who are here today who have been on that uh, prayer list, and that lifts us up. We're reminded once again of of God's great presence and His great blessing, and, um, and, and it's just so encouraging to see prayers answered and to see people's health restored. And of course, there are many others that aren't here today because of those uh, blessings not yet uh, uh, happening. And so we pray uh, for all and for you. It's a great blessing to be able to be together. We have several events 
that are coming up. We have a Bible Hour Super Bowl party uh, that our kids and families will be involved in. We have a visitation night this evening. No chapel class this evening at 5, but come and, and go into that class across the parking lot that Stan was talking about earlier, and we'll have some visitation uh, assignments and uh, opportunities. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Swan Church of Christ tomorrow, just up the highway. Uh, they are holding a revival meeting this week, and uh, their wonderful preacher, Brandon Starling, has asked me to come and lead the message uh, tomorrow evening. So I'm sure any of the brethren there would love to see any of the brethren here. Uh, the preacher tomorrow night would love to see any of the brethren here. And I look forward to meeting some of our good brothers and sisters there uh, as well. I think I asked Brandon about masks. He said, typically, most of our congregation wears a mask coming in and going out, but it's up to them in the pew. So uh, you may want to take your mask with you and do what you feel is appropriate as we meet with our good brothers and sisters at Swan tomorrow night. And I would love for you to act surprised when I tell a story that you have heard. (laughs) That would be much appreciated. Thank you. Um, We have a whole lot of other things going on. We have our Day of Remembrance uh, one week from today, February 6th, right here. We're going to be... um, Honoring and thanking our gracious God uh, for the lives of those who have touched us over the years and whose lives were taken from us in 2020, 2021, and in January of 2022. And so I hope that you'll be a part of that. We're going to show a, a slide presentation, a PowerPoint presentation, just before the Shepherd's Prayer time uh, with those familiar faces that we dearly, dearly uh, miss. And so if uh, you want to confirm that your loved one is included, then be sure and give us a call in the office, but do that quickly because we'll be putting all of that uh, together. If you have a picture and you brought it today, then I think there's a place on the table that you can leave that as well. I'm excited about that. I think David Wicks uh, initially came up with that idea, one of our shepherds, and we have uh, taken that. This is the first time we've done that, I believe. And, um, and so we're excited about maybe forming a new uh, West Irwin tradition. Uh, and uh, then, of course, one of the families that's included in that is our dear Jim and Helen Boyd that we are missing. And um, there will be a memorial service for them on February the 26th uh, in our Family Life Center. If you, would, if you have a memory or a blessing that you would like to add to that, um, Davy Carter will be gathering those and sharing those. We're not going to uh, have a, uh, a time for everyone to speak, but we will have uh, Davy, who will be offering up some of those things that he has gathered, and you're welcome uh, to share something uh, with him. Uh, it, can you imagine going through life without a church family? <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So many ups and downs, so many great blessings, uh, so many difficult times that are... Uh, also followed by and, and uh, 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 seen with in light of the, the wonderful times and blessings uh, that we get to share. And so um, I'm glad that we are able to begin again to get back going and doing some, some wonderful things uh, together. Uh, last night was a date night for some of our family. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, I, you know, I used to do that when I was in the youth group date night. That was kind of fun. Well, Kind of, but not exactly. I hope that you're on Facebook with some of our uh, families and can see some wonderful pictures of some of our ter- terrific young men. Uh, and when I say young, I mean starting about there. 
and, uh, and they went on a date with some of our wonderful, beautiful widows. And uh, just looking at the pictures gives you a very warm feeling. It was a wonderful, wonderful evening from everyone I've talked to already today. So if you had a part in that, we appreciate that very, very much. And I know it was a, a very special, very special uh, evening. Let's bow for a moment in prayer. Father, we know that um, you are our great God, and we praise you. We know that step by step you lead us, and today we commit to following you all of our days. And Father, we also know that nowhere in Scripture is it promised that all of those days will be filled with good feelings and good health, um, good circumstances. In fact, we know, Father, that it's assured to us just the opposite, that there will be those, but there will also be some that are more challenging. And Father, we've certainly had our share of those, and we know that there are people around the world who are even in worse conditions than we have been. And so we pray that you would bless your world today, and we pray a special prayer that you would bless us today that you would uh, hear our prayers and give healing to our land and to our families and to our loved ones, and that you would bring healing to our church. Father, we're excited about what's ahead, to be able to minister in ways that um, we weren't anticipating, but in ways where we see your doors opening for us. And we ask, Father, that you would bless us as we seek to bring encouragement and renewal from the God of renewal. We pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 40 seems to have been written specifically for our time. (laughs) It's amazing to me that this comes out of the 8th century B.C. Sometime in the 700s, Isaiah ministered and received these prophetic messages from the Lord and shared them with the people of his day. And Isaiah 40 comes at a time of great difficulty and also great anticipation of blessing. But just like the rest of uh, Scripture, it just seems to be written specifically for our time. This is the last sermon in this series from Isaiah chapter 40 that I entitled, Strength for the Weary. And this last section of Isaiah 40 certainly acknowledges the weariness that God's people feel at times. This isn't something that's new to us. It's not something that for the first time in all of the generations of God's people, his people are weary. Uh, That's been the case all along, as we know from reading the Bible. And so this scripture passage especially reminds us of the great God that we serve and how he gives us strength for the weary. Reading Isaiah chapter 40. Verses 27 through 31. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What a great message that is so needed by us in this room today. By us who are watching online. By those that the Lord sends in our paths. People who are weary and tired and sometimes hopeless. And what does God do? He renews his people. He gives strength to the weary so that we in turn can give strength to the weary ones around us. Let's look at these verses today. First of all, in verse 27, we all get tired and discouraged sometimes. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Now, why would that be there? Why would Isaiah say that? Because that's what he was hearing. (laughs) He was hearing that from people. Where is God in all of this? Why hasn't he shown up? Why hasn't he delivered me? Psalm 73 is a wonderful psalm that reminds us of that feeling. Throughout that psalm, the psalmist is saying, where are you, God? Nothing makes sense. I'm tired of the good guys losing and the bad guys winning, (laughs) Psalm 73 says. I'm tired of trusting in the Lord and, and only suffering for it. I'm tired of asking myself the question, why am I doing this anyway? And then there's this great statement in Psalm 73, verses 16 and 17. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. The psalmist understood That as difficult as everything was, and we acknowledge that it's difficult at times, and we don't deny that, and we don't sugarcoat it, but we don't let it define us either. And that's what the psalmist was in danger of doing until he went to church, (laughs) until he went to worship, until he went to the temple, and he was reminded once again of the presence of God. Even in the midst of difficulty, he was reminded that God's presence was firm. The people in Isaiah's day needed to hear that too. Where are you, God? Why do you say these things? Isaiah asks. Why are you complaining? Why are you saying God just doesn't see me? He's He's not answering my prayers. He's not coming to my aid. And it's a wonderful acknowledgement that we all get tired and discouraged sometimes. The psalm that our shepherd David Hammond read, Psalm 40, is another one of those that looks to God in faith and feels that strengthening coming in a weary time in need of deliverance. That deliverance comes. But Christians, even the most faithful Christians, the most trusting Christians, the strongest Christians, We all get tired and discouraged sometimes. We all do. It's a human thing. 
And that's why the church is so important. That's why it's so needed for us to come here and be together and have that little bit of opportunity to be revived, to be renewed. Because that's the God that we serve. He is the renewing God. And he has promised to do that. And the rest of the psalm helps us to see that. We all get tired and discouraged sometimes, but the next verse, Isaiah 40, verse 28, affirms this. God never gets tired or weary. (laughs) He never wears out. He never gets tired or weary. We do. We do. And we ask those questions in verse 27, and then we receive the same answer from Isaiah in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. This is who you're talking about. As if he couldn't help, as if he couldn't see, as if he didn't know, he helps all, he sees all, he knows all. And he is there. He never gets tired or weary. We do. And as we get older, that tired and weariness seems to come a little bit easier than it did before. But as you know, even youths get tired. And he'll talk about that in just a moment. We all get tired and discouraged sometimes. The good news is God never gets tired or weary. Never. The writer of Hebrews remembers this in Hebrews chapter 1. Beginning in verse 10, he says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same. And your years will never end. The writer in the book of Hebrews acknowledges God as creator. And he also acknowledges this world as creation. This world was never meant to last forever. It is winding down. It is becoming more and more weary. Paul affirms that in Romans 8 as well. And throughout Scripture, it looks ahead to the time when we can get past this temporal, physical world and existence to the time when we can live forever for eternity. And of course, that's what our message will focus on next Sunday on our Day of Remembrance. That time that we're all looking forward to when the physical gives way to the spiritual once and for all. When the temporal gives way to the eternal. And we're able to be with the Lord forever. How is that possible? It's because God never gets tired or weary. Because he's the creator. Earlier in chapter 40, Isaiah had said he is the incomparable God. He is the creator God. Who can you compare with God? (laughs) What idol or false god can come close to him? None. None can. Nor can we. And so as we consider our plight, (laughs) let us also consider the greatness of our God. To know that he has this. 
And he handles it according to his wonderful, gracious, wise will. And it may not be exactly like we're expecting. And that's where faith comes in. You see, you have faith in someone that is greater. You trust someone that is greater than you. And if you're trusting someone who is greater than you, don't you think that every so often you won't quite understand what that one is up to? (laughs) Because he surpasses you. He's greater than you. None of us wants a God that we completely understand, do we? Because if that's our God, we can get a good look at him just by looking in the mirror. We all want a God that's greater than that and one that we can surely trust in. We all get tired and discouraged sometimes, but God never gets tired. He is never weary. And so that leads us to point C today. God strengthens and empowers us. This God who never gets tired, who never gets weary, is there for us. And he strengthens us in our weariness, but he also empowers us to be faithful and to see that faith sustained throughout our lives. Isaiah 40, verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Strength to the weary, empowerment to the weak. God strengthens and empowers us. And he does that physically, he does that emotionally, he does that spiritually. We're all familiar with Jeremiah chapter 31, this wonderful look into the New Testament church five or six hundred years before it even happened. And Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning at verse 23. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says when I bring them back from captivity. The people in the land of Judah and in its towns will once again use these words. The Lord bless you, you prosperous city, you sacred mountain. People will live together in Judah and all its towns, farmers and those who move out from about their flocks. And I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Both Isaiah in the 8th century and Jeremiah, right about the time these things were happening, Around 586 B.C. and before and after, Jeremiah sees these visions and he says, we're tired and we're worn down and we're oppressed and ultimately our nation will fall. Ultimately, Solomon's grand temple that he built, that we heard in Stan's wonderful class this morning about its dedication in 1 Kings 8, ultimately that was raised to the ground. Why? Because as beautiful and as fabulous and as incredible as it was, it was just a building that was promised to remain intact as long as the people's faith remained intact, which it did not. And yet when it was destroyed, the people's faith was not destroyed. It was threatened. And so Jeremiah promises them God sees that weariness. God sees that discouragement. And he doesn't grow weary. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get discouraged. And one day he will act 
Jeremiah says. And he will restore his people. What a great, great promise. We read about that in Jeremiah 31 in a spiritual way for his church that we see fulfilled in Acts 2, and we see Peter looking back to this in Acts 2. But in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 and following, a sermon text that we read in the book of Hebrews. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. And so God knows I need a covenant. My people need a covenant that is not dependent upon them, but is dependent upon me. Verse 33 of Jeremiah 31. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. This, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. God strengthens and empowers us. He gives us that blessing and he has given us his law and we broke it, Scripture tells us. And now he has given us his son. And he has said, in coming to me and trusting obedience, I will be with you and you will be my people and I will be your God. God strengthens and empowers us. And then the next verse goes back to us. Isaiah 40, verse 30, even the strongest among us stumble and fall. Isaiah 40, verse 30, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. The psalmist has acknowledged earlier in verse 27 that we all get that way. We all complain. We all wonder about God and where he is. And we might think, oh, if I could just be strong like a young man, strong like a youth, strong like someone who is perfectly healthy, who is not threatened by physical disease or difficulty, but rather is someone that's together, someone that you, you ask them about, what about the end of your life? And they laugh and they scoff because it's so far off in their minds. And yet, even those who are the strongest among us physically, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Even the strongest among us stumble and fall. Isaiah records these words earlier in Isaiah chapter 31, verses 1 through 3. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Egypt, the strong nation that some of the Jews look to for deliverance. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. 
Yet he too is wise and can bring disaster. He does not take back his words. He will rise up against that wicked nation, against those who help evildoers. But the Egyptians are mere mortals and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, those who help will stumble. Those who are helped will fall. All will perish together. Why is that? Because even the strongest among us stumble and fall. Even the strongest in our world have their limitations. But not the renewing God. The renewing God has no limits. His power is eternal. How great is our God. And this is why throughout Scripture, God is pleading with his people, just as he is pleading with us today, please don't trust in less than the eternal, incomparable creator renewing God. Let your trust be in that God and that God alone. Nothing else can suffice. And some of us are pretty thick-headed, and it takes us a while to learn that lesson. But it's a lesson we all must learn. Because whatever our Egypt is, whatever we're trusting in, or whoever we're trusting in, cannot deliver us, cannot give us what we need. And we know that they too will stumble and fall. Because they are not forever. Rulers are not forever. Political parties, not forever. Nations, not forever. None of those things are eternal. None of those things are creator. All are creation. All may be very strong right now. But one day, they will stumble and fall. Every single one. Every single one. And Isaiah tells us this to remind us of what he says in the last verse. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Again, Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Many have that verse in your house somewhere, don't you? On a little plaque or in a box somewhere or up on a wall. I should probably call Mardell's and ask them this week if they get a run on those things, I should get a commission. Because it is such an encouraging, encouraging verse. One that we need to hear when we are tired and weary. And we all get there. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And again, we think of the the wonderful blessing of having some back with us who were quarantined or who were very sick. Joyce is here today, and we appreciate so much 
the prayers offered for her brother and her sister that she has been very concerned about both doing better and we're so thankful. But as you all know, the effects of this disease, this COVID-19 virus in all of its different forms, the effects can be lingering and can last a long, long time, some of them. And that's why our hope is in the Lord to renew our strength because he has promised that he will do that and he can do that and he is the only one who can. The only one who can. As Stan shared during our time around the table, this is, this is why we worship him. The one who gave his body on the cross for us that we see in that bread, the one who shed his blood for us to give us life, to give us hope, to give us joy that we see in the cup that we take every week. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Jesus promised us in Matthew chapter 11, hey, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. What do you need when you're tired, when you're weary, when you're struggling, when you're hopeless? You need rest. Jesus offers it and gives it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Trade yours for mine. Because mine is easy and my burden is light. And you will find rest for your souls. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritual rest. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. What a great thought. I kind of want to break into um, John Denver's The Eagle and the Hawk right now. Fighting it back. I'm just telling you. You've never heard his live version on that from an evening with John Denver. I don't know what to tell you. But there's that eagle that's flying so high and so free. And so powerful and so sublime. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Our God offers strength for the weary and he's the only one who can. How great is our God, that creator God, that incomparable God, that eternal God, that renewing God. How great is our God. And so these four things that we've seen this month from Isaiah chapter 40, the word of God, the word of God endures forever, Isaiah tells us. The incomparable God, Isaiah asked rhetorically, with whom will you compare God? And the answer is no one, nothing can compare with our great God. He is the creator God. Isaiah tells us, look to the heavens, Who created all these? 
Why are you so worried? And then finally, the renewing God. They will soar on wings like eagles. And so as we end this series today, we end it the way this chapter ends, reading Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If that sounds appealing to you, and we can help you experience it, come as we stand. Sing our song together. Take time to be holy. Speak off with thy word. started reading it, and I just want you guys, I want to paraphrase it, it'll just take about 15 seconds. There's a, uh, there's a song by the Zoe group that's called Everlasting God, and I want to paraphrase these words for you, and Bill, I think, will appreciate this. Strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the everlasting God. You do not faint. You won't grow weary. Your strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. You lift us up on the wings like eagles from everlasting to everlasting. God, you are everlasting. Amen. I know I had your seat and sit down. Let's go ahead and stand up for our closing song. I'm sorry. <laughs> my Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge,
you bow with me. Father, we come to you today as a group of sinners serving a perfect God. Father, we thank you for giving us a safe place to come to, to be able to fellowship with one another, Father, and to to have a, a group of like-minded people like this. Father, we pray that you would forgive, forgive us of those sins and, and the places that we've fallen short of your perfect will. And Father, we thank you so much for sending your Son to die on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.